And welcome back to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Defluence Podcast. I am Uncle Bonehead, and with me as always is... Alan Taylor. Sweet. Today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do NFT versus the rewards Web3 monetization model. I guess that's how we say it. But what exactly are we talking about here, Alan? Well, let's uh, let's talk about first what you know Web three is. Web three is you know this new emerging web that is based on a decentralized model, and you know it started out um, you know with some basic tools that allow people to interact online in a different way, and and use tools that are decentralized and uh, allow them to monetize their content in a different kind of way than they have in the past. Uh, and there are other benefits as well. So today what we're focusing on is the monetization aspect of that Web3. And so far, there have been two primary leading models of monetization. Um, there's the rewards model. That is hot that hive is based on and a few other uh platforms out there and then there's the nft model the non-fungible token model uh and there are certain platforms that focus more on that as the monetization incentive so today i thought hey let's compare these two and see how how it shakes up okay so just for the uninitiated here like the truck drivers, <laughs> my fellow truck drivers. <laughs> By NFTs, we are referring to digital goods, a digital product. Correct? Yeah, you can you can say uh, uh, you can say it that way. Um, I prefer when when you say product. It's it it is a product in a sense, but I don't want to get the wrong impression. So, a, a token very often is nothing more than data, but it's represented by something else. Right. Uh, usually, usually an image uh, that is associated with the data that it represents. Right. Okay. So now how would you want to, want to approach this? You want to approach the, the upvotes first, or do you want to uh, approach the NFTs first? Yeah, let's talk about Hive. We can talk about the pros and cons. Okay. Um, so, you know, in a rewards-based environment, um, your the goal is to create content that receives enough um, attention and engagement that it pays you in rewards. And that's basically the premise of Hive. Right. Uh, there's some obvious pros and cons to that. And so I think we can talk about the pros and then we can talk about the cons uh, and how they differ um, from the NFT monetization model. So the first um, pro, the first thing that Hive has going for it is as a creator, once you show up, if you can build a solid network of supporters 
who like your content, whatever you're doing, whether it's text-based content, video-based, audio-based, images, whatever, then you can sustain a long-term income uh, yep. by creating content and curating content. Um, and so it may not be uh, a full-time income, at least not initially, um, but you can have incoming uh, rewards over a sustainable period of time. Right. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's still the same old thing as in, you know, with the Web 2 monetization, content is king. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you just show up and, you know, you start uh, posting low-quality content, you're probably not going to earn a lot. Nope. So you really have to put a lot of thought into the content that you're creating and how you're... Uh, how you're creating it and what the distribution model is for that content. And, and if you're a veteran content creator, if you've been doing this in web two on other platforms that don't pay you like Facebook and Twitter and so on, then you're probably already used to thinking like that because the goal is different. You're not necessarily monetizing your content directly but you're monetizing it indirectly. Um, and so, for instance, on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all these other platforms, your goal isn't to make money necessarily on those platforms. Your goal is to attract attention to your content and drive people back to your website, back into your click funnels to sell them a product or a service or maybe make uh, money off of advertising because you get high traffic volume to your website. So you're still monetizing, but it's not directly on the platforms. Correct. Correct. Now the yeah. the different ways they can earn, on you can get rewarded on a hive. There's the the regular old upvote for your content, but then there's the curation and yeah, this the, is another one comments. of the pros. Um, there, there's more than one way to monetize your content. So you can create content, and of course, that can get upvoted and downvoted. And you know, depending on how many people upvote versus how many downvote and what the vote weight is of those people who are voting, you can you can turn uh, some of your posts into some pretty good earning uh, income. So there's no limit, really. Uh, just depends on how many people are voting and what their vote weight is. Because if you get three or four whales that vote on your content and they vote at 100% of their vote weight, that could turn into some pretty good cash for that post. Yeah. Uh, so that's one way. Um, like you mentioned, you're writing content, um, which is finding other content that other people have created and sharing that. Uh, with your followers and there are several different ways you can do that on the platform um, but that's a way you can comment on other people's posts and sometimes comments can earn uh, just as much as a post <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah true so you can do that um, other cool things you can do uh, don't even involve content at all 
you can earn just by creating dApps on the black black uh, on the platform that uh, or the blockchain apps that other people are using, um, and and that can translate into income. Now, is it you, you meaning coming out of a DHF that kind of earning? Or um, say that again? Did you mean? Are you meaning for stuff that comes that gets funded out of the the DHF? Or, or are you talking about uh, like a well, three-speaker cash garden, you know, keeps a portion of the rewards type thing? Yeah, you, you, either way. Um, there there are, you know, you, a lot of the dApps do take a percentage of rewards that are shared. Usually it's a small percentage, but if you take 100,000 users and you get one-tenth of a penny, for every one hive that is earned among those, that could translate into some pretty good income for a DAP developer. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and so uh, yeah, that's one model. Um, like you said, you can you can be funded by the community project funding pool. Um, that's another way that you can uh, you can get funded. And we've seen uh, DAP developers do that. I suspect that over time there may be other monetization models that get tested on the blockchain uh, that and they could end up succeeding. Another way is you can create a token through Hive Engine and your token if it becomes popular could obtain some value itself and if you own a whole lot of those tokens then that could create some uh, another monetization channel for you or just sharing your token with others and having them trade it back and forth can translate into some nice monetization for you. Right. Now the next thing you got on here is the highest earning content is not about crypto, which surprisingly I started to think that that was hard to believe, but no, it's, it's true. I've seen content on Hive that has nothing to do with crypto, and it's way up there. <laughs> yeah, what they were. Um, and the cool thing is, you can write about anything on Hive. It isn't all about crypto. You go to some platforms, and all they do is post about crypto. Oh yeah. On Hive, um, they write about everything. There's fiction. People writing fiction. There's people writing about travel. Uh, they're writing about you know, friendship, you know, they're writing about community. They're writing about all kinds of things. Uh, there's no limit to what you can write about. It's not just about one thing. And a lot of those posts that are not about crypto, some of them are some some of the best earning posts. My, when I was um, on Steemit years ago, and I've forked off of Steemit, um, my highest earning posts were fiction and poetry posts that I wrote. <laughs> it wasn't wow. posts that I wrote about crypto. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah, on Hive, <laughs> I write mostly about crypto. Um, but that's probably going to change. I've started writing about travel uh, recently. Um, I'm probably going to do some more fiction in the in the coming weeks <laughs> up ahead. Um, so I'll probably see my Hive earnings grow uh, through those communities. The, the fiction community tends to be, or the storytelling communities tend to be very active and supportive of each other. Now, you've got on here 
one of the pros is being the more you earn, the more potential you have to earn. What do you mean by that? Well, I've operate on what I call resource credits. And so because it costs to post to the blockchain, um, the amount that you can post, the how often you can post and how much you can post is determined by how many resource credits you have. Uh, and your resource credits are determined by your hive power. So the more hive you earn and you know, stuff away at hive power, lock you know, into the blockchain, then the more resource credits you can have and the more often you can post. So you increase your earning power when you uh, increase your hive power. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, you could take your earnings and put it into a savings with a 20% annual percentage rate, I guess, APR, however you yep. say it. Right, the, yeah. I've, I've annual percentage. I've seen some crypto bro journalist call this a scam, and I guess he got schooled. But uh, <laughs> it is That's true. a popular I, way of looking at it. I don't know. I've heard people call it a Ponzi scheme. I don't know why they call it that. You don't have to invest exactly. any money. To be, it's free to join. I don't know how that could be a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> or are they taking from you nothing? I don't um, get that either. No, you can. You can invest, but you don't have to. Um, so so the the HBD, Hiveback Dollar Savings Account, um, is a nice feature of the blockchain. It allows you to put Hive's stablecoin, Hiveback Dollars, HBD for short, into a savings account. And it will earn... Uh, an annual percentage that is set by the witnesses. And right now, that annual return is 20%. So if you, when you earn on Hive, uh, you can earn Hive power and Hive back dollars in a combination of those. And so you can take your Hive back dollars that you earn uh, from your post, your creations, your curations, or whatever, and you can put those into the savings account and earn an interest on those, and it's paid out monthly. Um, now, there is a three-day lockup period, so so if you want to get it back out, which you're, you can do, you're allowed to do, um, it takes three days. Uh, your hive power, once it's locked, it takes seven days, uh, but that's, you know, that's normal. That's not, I wouldn't, Look at that as a negative. I think that's normal for most blockchains to have that kind of, especially when staking is involved, to have that kind of lockup period. Uh, but it's an asset. It's a way to increase your earnings and let the money work uh, rather than you just posting all the time and, and relying only on that. Cool. Um, what's next? Says you can, you can buy hive and increase your earning power more quickly. So, yeah, talking so through if you exchange. wanted to, you know, if you wanted to do like a, take a shortcut, uh, and you didn't just want to rely on earning, 
because it can take a while. If all you're, if you're new, once you're new, you don't know anybody on, on the platform, right? You have to build your network. Uh, and that takes time. Um, but you can also buy Hive and put it into your account and stake it um, for Hive power. And that increases your resource credit. Um, plus, if you look at it as sort of, uh, and some people look at it as sort of like uh, an additional retirement account. They put their hive power uh, on the blockchain and stake it and leave it there. And then they create posts and curate posts. And the more they earn, they just sock it away and sock it away. And it becomes like a retirement account for them. So if in the event hive power uh, or, you know, if hive, hive's value increases, let's say on the next bull run and it goes up, to $2, $3 per hive, and you've been earning this hive and stocking it away, and you've been buying hive and sticking it in your account um, at, you know, 30, 40 cents uh, per hive, then when it goes up, you can cash some of it out and you get a nice little return. Nice. And finally, you've got... Uh... As long as you've got a as long as you remain active, you'll get an ongoing income. This, yeah, uh, it, the way Hive works is the payouts are for seven day periods, and so you can write a post today. Um, all of the upvotes that you receive, the accumulation of your upvotes and downvotes, once uh, all of that's tallied, seven days later, that's when you get your payout. And you don't get any payouts anymore after that on that post. Right. So if you want to keep creating and, and earning over time, you got to keep creating. Um, um, unless you're, you know, if you're running a witness node or you've built uh, a DAP and you're busy on those types of activities, um, some of the developers, once they get... Um, you know, to a certain level, they don't have time anymore for posting because they're busy on their business. Um, and so uh, you just have to define what your Hive business model is all about. Is it all about uh, creating content or do you want to develop a DAP? Um, you want to be a witness and run a witness node uh, and you choose your model and you can continue to earn um, rewards. Um, through your activity. So it's based on a values system. So the more you contribute to the blockchain, the more you can be rewarded um, and receive back from the blockchain. Right. So let's let's talk about some of the cons about Hive. Yeah, so what are the negatives? Um, well, like I just mentioned, comment creators and curators are limited to seven days for payouts. So you don't get ongoing, you know, if you wrote a post last year and it was really, really popular and it's got great search rankings and people are coming and reading it, um, you're not going to keep earning on it. Uh, that's one of the negatives. Unfortunately, um, when they created Hive, and I'm sure they had good reasons for doing it this way. Uh, because Hive is inflationary, uh, and so um, you know the more Hive that is in circulation at any one time, the less value it is, mm -hmm. just like the U.S. dollar. So 
cutting it off, cutting off the payoff period actually does benefit the entire economy in the hive. Uh, but you have to be aware that uh, you're limited to that seven-day payout. So that's kind of like the the big one for me, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah, and if you're not earning, this is one thing that discourages some people. If you're not earning that much on your post, you know, say you're only getting two or three cents per post uh, in a seven-day period, then that might be discouraging. Yeah. But... I would I would say you need you need to focus on three things. Number one, make sure you're producing top quality content. Okay, if you you know if your content isn't uh, the best it can be, try to improve your content. Number two, expand your network. Uh, go out, comment on other people's posts, vote on their posts, engage with them. Um, and the more you do that, the more visibility you have on the blockchain, uh, and that will increase um, your uh, visibility, and therefore more likely to have people follow you and come back and vote on your content. Yep. Uh, and the third thing is just be diligent. Uh, if you're posting once a week and thinking that's all you need to do, or you post once a month. You're not doing that much posting. Maybe you want to think about uh, increasing your output if you have the time. Right. So the this isn't the the thing for evergreen content. What they what they call you know something that's going to be timeless. Yeah, I mean you can you can create evergreen evergreen content on Hive, but it's not going to pay out forever. Right. So, um, yeah, I would probably be more likely to put the evergreen content on my personal blog or my business blog on a on a on a platform that I own and control. Um, but some people might use some businesses might use Hive as their um, their business blog, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Monetization is not necessarily the only benefit to posting on Hive. So today Absolutely. we're just talking about monetization, but it's not necessarily the only benefit. Absolutely. Now here's a big con: whales and downvote cabals. <laughs> yeah, this this a- is probably the biggest um, the biggest uh, downside is. Yeah, if you're if you're poking the bear, or you have an unpopular opinion, you could be downvoted by large uh, accounts on the blockchain, uh, and two or three of them get together and decide to downvote you. It could really hurt you, um, or if just a large group of people, one whole community, for instance. Decides, yeah, we don't like this guy. They can they can employ bully tactics and downvote you. And I've seen that happen. Yep, um, me too. So it does happen on the blockchain. So there is a little bit of uh, politics that goes with Hive. Um, that can be a turnoff for some people. Yep, could be a huge turnoff. Yeah. Uh, You've got there as a learning curve. Are you talking about uh, 
finding your audience and that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, if you're coming from Facebook, um, there there's no algorithm that is going to help you find the content that you want to read or the content you want to engage with. You have to be proactive and you have to learn how the blockchain works. It's not real simple. Uh, so, you know, read the white paper, trying to understand how the rewards system works. It's not easy to understand. Uh, and some people, you know, in a few years on the blockchain creating content and never really understand how it works. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. You don't necessarily have to understand how it works. People don't really understand how the internet works and they still use it. Absolutely. Um, but there is a learning curve. Uh, it's not intuitive. Um, when you show up, the UX isn't great. Um, the UI on the, on the main uh, interface is not the best. And that's why a lot of people use front ends like Peaked or 3Speak or, um, you know, Leo Finance or one of the many others, uh, East and C. Uh, so they're a lot easier to use a lot of times. Uh, so you have to learn the ins and outs of the blockchain and how it works. And there is a bit of a learning curve. Yeah. yeah. And then your final con you have listed here is there's no me mechanism for choosing how much you earn. Are you meaning you don't get to set the price for how much your exactly. content is? Okay. That yeah. Totally exactly. Sense. Because with NFTs, you get to set the price. But you don't get to do that on Hive. You earn whatever um, whatever the community um, decides you earn based on their upvotes and downvotes. Right. Um, and, Which... and you only get a portion of that. And so there's no way to predict really how much you're going to earn. And there's no mechanism uh, for choosing how much you can earn um, uh, so there's just there's just no way to do that. So, which is a good segue into the next one, the NFT mechanism of monetization. Yeah. Let's just so go, NFTs. Yeah, let's do some pros. Yeah. What are they? Well, let's talk about what they are. And NFTs are non fungible tokens, and um, the best way to explain that is if you have if you have a dollar and I have a dollar. If you have a dollar bill, I have a dollar bill. And we trade them; they're worth the same thing. They're the same thing. It doesn't matter if if I have the one you started with, or if you have the the one you started with. One dollar bill is just like any other. That's fungibility. Trading okay. one thing that is just like another one. Non fungible means they're completely unique. Uh, and so, um, if the dollar bills all had a different value based on a certain design element or uh, a serial number that they contained. If, if those individual uh, elements determined the value of that dollar bill, that would be non-fungibility because you couldn't take any two dollar bills and trade them on equal terms. Does right. that make sense? Yep, makes sense. Yeah. So, what are the pros of monetizing uh, non-fungibles? Uh, NFTs give you the power to earn 
on a secondary market. And what that means is if I sell, if I write a post and I sell it to you, now you own um, an asset, you know, um, that I created, you can turn around and sell that to someone else. It's like buying a car and selling that car. So the used car market is the secondary market. Uh, so you can do that with non-fungible tokens. Okay. So like some people are, you know, Amazon resellers or eBay. They go yeah, exactly. get stuff so and you turn take, around and sell. Uh, you take furniture from your local neighborhood, put it up on eBay or Amazon and sell it to somebody that uh, lives in Wisconsin or another state, maybe even another country. Yeah, that's a secondary market for those uh, for those products. Um, so, yeah, so you're basically you can create a, a market that is selling things that you create. And you're earning on the back end when those things resell. So, 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 so if you mint an NFT, it's not tied to that specific blockchain that you minted it on. You can turn it around and sell it for something else. Well, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it is on uh, the blockchain. Uh, it is tied to the blockchain on which you sell it. Most of the time, I would say it is. Um, but the real value is um, is being able to resell um, that asset. And so, um, you know, you may have heard of the board apes or the crypto oh, yeah. kitties. Or, yep. you know. So essentially what these artists are doing is they're creating these images that are tokens. Uh, and when someone buys that, tokenized asset now they own that but they can go to open and sell it to somebody else and if they sell it for a higher amount say they bought it for a hundred dollars and sell it for a thousand because it's a it's really a smart contract and when you create that asset you program it to um, pay you a percentage of the resale and so if if they sell it for a thousand dollars and you have it at fifteen percent commission goes back to you on the resale, then you got a hundred and fifty dollars and you didn't do anything. See how that works? Yeah. Uh, and if you do that, let's say you do that a hundred times. And so you you have 150 you have 100 of these that you've earned $150 on the secondary market that's $1500 that you earn um, without doing anything additional so that's the power of the nft cool and there's no limit to how many you you can create yeah there's no limit uh, but i would say um, for for people who create NFTs, they usually keep in mind scarcity because scarcity uh, typically drives up value. Uh, and and it, so, you know, if you only have five of something, it's more likely to retain value uh, than if there were 500 of it. Right. 
but it's not a guarantee. So you know, the market de de determines a whole lot of that. But um, yeah, you can uh, you can do as many as you want, and if you've got something that goes viral, that's really popular, um, then you could uh, turn that into a nice income channel. Cool. Yeah, you've got the the no limit multiple blockchains. Yeah, so a lot of blockchains now are doing NFTs, so uh, you have a choice um, if you want to mint your NFTs on Polygon or Solana or Ethereum or Optimism. Even Hive has a couple of um, NFT platforms. Yeah. there's You've got fun to create. Now, I've, I've created some music NFTs on NFT tunes on Hive. Oh, cool. And and that that was fun, it it really was fun, and I don't know if I just didn't promote them enough, but nobody bought any. <laughs> I think it, I think maybe one or two was sold. But. Yeah, I mean, there's a trick to it. Just like anything else, you gotta you gotta market it, you gotta sell it, and right. you know. So uh, any kind of creation that you make, uh, whether it's a, a physical product or a digital product. You have to go find the market for it, and, and that requires work, too. Cool. You can allow creators to sign ownership of assets to other parties. So once you create the NFT and you sell it to somebody else, you no longer have any rights to it. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that, unless you, unless you sell the rights. Um, okay. But you... So essentially what the what the NFT is, um, let's say I write a, a post on Mirror, which I've done a few times, and I create a token that represents that blog post. Uh, and someone comes along and buys, let's say I, meant, I, I offer 10 of those for sale, and I sell all 10 of them. So there's 10 token holders that own that uh, asset. And they don't own the content of the blog post, but they own an, a token that represents that blog post. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So they can take that token that represents the blog post I wrote and they can resell it. Uh, if I wanted to, I could gift it to people instead of just instead of selling it. I can offer it for free. Um, and. And so I can assign that token over to uh, either someone who buys it or someone that I just want to give it to as a gift. Okay. Now, what are some of the cons about the NFTs? They seem seem pretty cool, but what are the cons? Yeah, yeah I'll talk about one more pro, and this one's a okay. big one because survey was done not long ago, and it and people who are interested in you in NFTs, their main reason uh, is because they want utility. So you can make uh, an NFT that uh, has a utilitarian purpose, meaning uh, it can be a uh, an access to a private Discord channel, or it can confer other benefits. You know, um, for instance, if you purchase this NFT, you can have uh, 
you know, 30 minutes of my time for free. Ah. Um, I, I recently launched a book, a token gated book on Paragraph, where access to that book was uh, purchased through a token minted on Mirror. The utility is access to my book. Okay, I see. That's yeah, actually so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So cons. What? Let's talk about the cons. Um, uh, NFTs work best if they're visual. In other words, if I write a blog post and I don't add any artwork to it, there's no token other than just the data in my blog post, probably not going to sell. So even if you're a writer or a musician, uh, you need to start thinking visually about how you're going to create these NFTs and make them available. Okay. So it's something that they can they can see. Not yeah, just not yeah. just data. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Visi uh, visual elements are what sell the NFTs and make them valuable. Um, NFTs are also a nascent market. It's still very new. They've only been really um, around just a few years. Uh, and right now we're in a down cycle. So it's, I'm not saying this is the not a good time to launch an NFT, but um, during a down cycle, not as many people are going to be in the market. Right. But if, you're, yeah. if it's down, it can really only go up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so the upside is um, uh, you have better upside uh, during the next up cycle. So that's good. Um, NFTs also um, don't produce ongoing income. And this is a downside. So unlike the reward system of Hive, there's no uh, there's no ongoing income. Um, you, you rely on selling the NFT. Uh, you rely on them appreciating in value, selling on the secondary market, and none of that is guaranteed. So that's, that's a downside. But the upside is if you get something that's really popular, it could sell for a lot more on the secondary market than you ever really believed that it could. <laughs> and right. that, that's a nice surprise when it happens. Right. <clears throat> now, I know the last one, you got network fees can be can be profit prohibitive. And I'm guessing those are gas fees. Yeah, gas fees on, you know, Ethereum calls them gas fees. Uh, other networks might call them network fees. You know, like Bitcoin, they're called network fees. So Ethereum's gas fees are pretty high. So if you're minting on the Ethereum blockchain, um, expect... Uh, the fees to be high. Um, there are some other blockchains where the fees are lower, you know, like Polygon and Optimism. Um, but fees uh, can get in the way of the profit. And so you got to factor that part in uh, when you're thinking about creating NFTs. So you should be looking at them as like a, uh, a, well, I can't even think of the word cost of doing business it production. is a cost of doing business yeah. yes a production cost there we go exactly yeah so if you're gonna if you're gonna create a music in, in nft and you're gonna sell it for 
you know, 99 or one or a dollar, don't spend $75 to mint it. <laughs> right. Or if you're, and, and on most of the platforms, higher or the collector is the one that pays the fees. Uh, but if you're selling something for a dollar and the gas fee is 10, then you probably aren't going to sell that many. So, <laughs> you know, those are the kind of things you want to think about. Absolutely. It gives me a little more, a little more uh, clarity on the two. My problem is yeah. I, I don't approach either one of them as, as a business type thing. I, I look at Hive as being a social media network. Yeah. And that's the thing is uh, it is social media. So you still treat it like social media, uh, but you can run a business on social media and, and some people do. And so it just depends Absolutely. on what your reason for being there is. Very true. So you said you mentioned about this uh, history of the top 10 cryptocurrencies, diamonds and pearls. Yeah. That's your 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 new book that you've got on mirror. That's the one. Yeah, it's it's the token access is on mirror, but the content is gated on paragraph. Cool. And I'm the uh, it's the first book token gated on paragraph where the mirror where the token access is on mirror. So <laughs> history. <laughs> making history by talking about history that's right and if so, I, I think I've, I think we've covered everything yeah um, so the question the big question is which 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 monetization model is best and I think they both have value um, as a content creator myself I want to use every method I can to earn an income from what I create. So I try to employ both models. Absolutely. I think most people would want to do that too, if they're into that, if they're, that's what yeah. they're looking for. Yeah. It's just a matter of learning how to make the, the best of both uh, pay off for you. Cool. And of course, Web3 Social, How Creators Are Changing the World Wide Web and You Can Too, is still available as an NFT. At Riddle. Riddle. And just this past week, it also launched as an audio book and is available at Audible oh, and Amazon. Cool. Yeah, so, so if you're into audio books, you're not a reader, but you like to listen, you can get it on audio book. That's awesome. So when's yeah. the movie coming out? <laughs> <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, you... I got to run and celebrate uh, my daughter's achievement. Awesome. We're going out to dinner. So she got her a new job. We're going to go celebrate. That's awesome. Uh, I've enjoyed the chit chat and I hope some people learn some things. I did. That's for sure. So you guys always be good. 
Oh, wait. You got you guys can reach us at podcast at defluence.online and defluence.online for the website. Find us all wherever free podcasts are sold. So, be good, be safe. Never stick your finger where you wouldn't stick your face. Ooh, awesome, awesome. Thank <laughs> you.